Happy Valentine's Day, Mike. Oh, no. Um, I didn't get you anything. I got you this show outline. Thank you. <laughs> We've released this today, February 14th, the International Day of Love. It mm. started as a feast day to honor St. Valentine. Several Christian men named Valentine were martyred between the 2nd and 4th centuries. Being martyred is when somebody is killed for their beliefs. Valentine, or Valentine, of Rome was a priest who was martyred in 269 AD and was added to the calendar of saints by Pope Galicius in 496 AD, well after a Roman bishop by the same name was killed in 273. The moral of the story is don't name your kid uh, Valentine if you want them to live because they will have wild beliefs that people will kill you for it turns out a third martyr named valentine was killed in africa for his beliefs but not much is known past that these three men are honored as saints by several christian denominations although the roman catholic calendar of saints no longer notes the holiday Oof. they've been demoted oh dear over time a number of legends have sprung up around saint valentine mostly based on the man killed in 496 a.d it is said he was questioned by the roman emperor claudius ii in person and failed to convert the leader it is also said that he performed a miracle healing the blind daughter of his jailer a woman named julia julia the daughter of the jailer jailer julia's jailer jailer's julia i like that anyway do you get that out of your system? I you think good? so. It's said that this woman planted an almond tree near his grave and that he was honored by many Christian soldiers for whom Valentine had performed secret weddings. The second part of that probably isn't super historically accurate, but the legend goes on to state that he cut hearts out of parchment to give to these soldiers to remind them of their vows and of God's love. I don't believe any of that. I just want to put that out there. I don't think any of that was true. While the origins of the holiday may be rooted in the early church, there is a secular side to its history as well. Lupercalia was an annual festival taking place in Italy on February the 15th, dating back to before the Roman Empire. Its purpose was to celebrate health and fertility by averting evil spirits and purifying the city. On this day, people would come to a cave near Rome to sacrifice goats and dogs before taking part in a feast. There were unverified reports. Get this. It's like a it's like a ancient world tinder. <laughs> there were unverified reports that men and women's names were drawn from jars randomly to be set up as couples. Is this how you think Tinder works? You've been married for too I long. I'm, I'm an old man. <laughs> it's like some sort of terrible life-altering Valentine's Day card. <laughs> oh, dear. It's possible the elements of this festival would focus on fertility slowly merged with the legend of St. Valentine, who died on February 14th. Things get blurry with time. And overlapped, it turns out. There's a lot of there's a lot of weird history going on here. Okay, let's take a break and then jump to the Middle Ages. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace is sponsoring this week's episode. And do you know what? I love Squarespace. Right? I think today's the time to tell them. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea. They have unique domain names that are available to you, award-winning templates that you can take advantage of, and so much more. Whether you want to create a store, blog, site for your business, or just about any website at all, including a wedding website, it is the time of love after all. Squarespace has all of the tools that you need. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. They're an all-in-one platform with 24-7 support and a free trial for you. Just go to squarespace.com Try it out, and when you sign up for a plan, use the code UNGENIUS for 10% off. The plans start at just $12 a month, but you get that 10% off when you use the code UNGENIUS at checkout. Squarespace. Make your next move. Make your next website. 
All right. We're now in the uh, the Middle Ages, if you're keeping up. Mm-hmm. Geoffrey Chaucer, perhaps the greatest English poet in the Middle Ages, has a lot to do with our understanding of the day. In 1382, he wrote a poem marking the engagement of England's King Richard II. Did, you, did anybody write a poem for your engagement, by the way? Yes. Oh. Wow. Yes. That was not the answer yeah. I was expecting. Yes. It's published in the New York Times. No, published in the Times. <laughs> This is often pointed to as the first uh, mating of Valentine's Day and the date, February 14th, to romantic love. I caught you using the verb mating there. I'm sure you're very proud of yourself. I'm very, Mm. very proud of myself. Mm -hmm. There are documents that in the year 1400, Charles VI of France threw a feast on February 14th as a celebration of love. And by the next century, the language shows up more and more in literature. I'm done with all this Middle Ages stuff. Let's let's try and move this along a little bit quicker to more modern times. We're not going incredibly far, but we'll start in 1797, where a, <laughs> a, a British book appeared to help young men compose Valentine's Day poems for the women in their lives, or in some cases, the women they wished were in their lives. <laughs> By the 19th century, paper valentines were so exceedingly common in England, they were being printed en masse and sold. So no no more handcrafted artisanal valentines. And by 1840, get this, 1840, some 400,000 were already being sent by mail. Look at that. England, we're the place of love. People think it's Italy. Mm. They think it's Paris. They think it's France. It's not. It's England. That's where all the love was happening. And America, of course, <laughs> of course, followed suit, jumped on our bandwagon, with the first mass-produced Valentine showing up in 1847. You just have to copy us, don't you? Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry. Sorry about it's that. Okay. It took some time for mass-produced cards to take over, but sure enough, they did. In 2015, this number blew my mind. In 2015 alone, 1.9 billion pounds were spent on cards and gifts in the UK for the holiday. Roughly 190 million Valentine's Day cards are sent in the US each year. If you count those exchanged in schools, so kids give all their classmates Valentine's, the guesses go up to 1 billion Valentine's with teachers receiving more than anyone. This is very interesting to me because what it's saying is 890 million cards are exchanged between children, mostly to teachers. How many cards do teachers get? They got like a thousand each? Like this is this is wild. <laughs> These numbers, I believe them, but they don't make sense. <laughs> you know, you, you don't make much money as a teacher, but uh, you can't put a price on <laughs> thousands of Valentines. I think you can. I think you can. <laughs> Today, most people in Europe and the Americas think of cards and candy and flowers, but there are more traditional aspects of the holiday that are still present in large parts of the world. Some people make fun of it, saying it's a, quote, hallmark holiday uh, that exists just for the profits of greeting card companies. I mean, in 2013, the average American spent $131 on gifts for Valentine's Day. I can see why people think it's got that name, the Hallmark Holiday, like when you look at these numbers, but that is not the case everywhere. For example, in Slovenia, St. Valentine is the saint of spring and good health, bringing blessings to farmers, beekeepers, and pilgrims. I like beekeepers. I don't know why they're so specific to beekeepers, but they're included. <laughs> it's very specific. Mm-hmm. In some Latin American countries, people celebrate the Day of Lovers by performing acts of appreciation for their friends. Does that mean 
what I think it means, or are they like I don't know, like putting in light bulbs or something? Uh, <laughs> okay, well then we won't talk about that anymore. India followed suit in the mid 1990s thanks to an influx of American media to the distaste of Hindu and Islamic leaders there. Though the holiday has met the same type of disapproval in Iran, where the holiday is taking over more traditional celebrations, including one honoring mothers and wives. That's nice. I like that. In Israel, a traditional Jewish holiday has been transformed into Valentine's Day, but it's celebrated in the fall, and it is marked by an uptick in marriage proposals at the time. I expect that that could be true of any time that Valentine's occurs, right? I expect that most proposals occur on New Year's Eve and Valentine's Day. Maybe that's a future episode. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. In Japan, a candy company first introduced the holiday several decades ago with advertising aimed at foreigners. Over time, it has been adopted more widely, but with a twist. The custom there is that only women give chocolates to men, and this may have originated from a translation error of a chocolate company executive during the initial campaigns. That is wonderful. I love that. I love the fact that somebody may have made an error and now it's become just the culture. Like It doesn't seem like that should be possible. I desperately want that to be true. <laughs> it's on Wikipedia. It must be true. There's more to it in Japan, though. Men are expected to return gifts that are at least two to three times more valuable than the gifts received. Not returning a gift is perceived as the man placing himself in a position of power, even if excuses are given, like, I forgot it, or the dog ate my keys. Returning a present of equal value, however, is considered as a way to say the relationship is being ended. So you break up with a gift. That feels like it, there's some, to our culture, I feel like <laughs> if you didn't give a gift, that's more of a sign, right? Yeah. Like, which is very interesting. It's very interesting. Lastly, the Japanese celebrate the romantic night aspect of the holiday on Christmas Eve. Oh, kind of mixing things up. Yeah. Religious leaders in Malaysia have banned the celebration of Valentine's Day, and in 2011, authorities there arrested more than 100 Muslim couples concerning the celebration ban. They love Valentine's Day in Singapore, though, with a majority of people spending between $100 to $500 during the season leading up to the holiday. Denmark and Norway both acknowledge the holiday, but mainly as an imported part of American culture, which, again, we stole from you in England. It's actually our culture, but, yeah. you know, whatever. But I guess we stole it from the Italians, though, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. you, you got rid of the goat sacrifice, though. That's true. The flower industry there, they spend large amounts of money and effort advertising the day in hopes of seeing it grow. Valentine's Day, it's about love, politics, history, and the economy. (laughs) If you want to learn more, there's some links in the show notes. You can find those in your podcast app of choice or on our website, relay.fm slash ingenious slash 45. You can get in touch with us there. You can send us submissions for topics. Uh, It's always fun to read through stuff. And most of our episodes come from topics suggested by you, the listeners. Uh, And uh, you can learn more about the show. You can become a member and support the show directly there as well. Uh, Until then, you can find us on Twitter. The show is at Ungeniused. You can find Mike as I-M-Y-K-E. And I'm Twitter. And I'm on Twitter as I-S-M-H. Mike, until our next evening of the lovers, say goodbye. Julia Jayla, goodbye. (laughs) Adios.